Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to Radio Islam International with me, Sister Faiza Munshi, on this Wednesday morning, alhamdulillah. So, you know, when it's, um, when it's the new year, uh, school year, it always feels like for us as parents and as individuals and as adults, it also feels like a, almost like a reset. So, um, you know, on New Horizons today, inshallah, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, launching this new year with financial savviness, which is a really important thing. Uh, we spoke about it late last year, but I think it's important to start the year off with understanding where some of the challenges are that we have. And I think from a financial perspective, January is definitely one of those months. And then I decided this year, inshallah, to, you know, put a slight change on the program. Um, it's not huge, but I do think it will make a positive difference, inshallah. It will be something that adds value to the program. Um, so in the program, inshallah, either beginning or end of the program, depending on the availability of my guests and their timing, etc., I want to discuss sort of lessons learned in our daily interactions. So for those of you who want to contribute, um, etc., it will be wonderful for you to do that. But I will go through, you know, speaking to people in my own daily interactions, in, you know, speaking to, to individuals around me, you know, whether these interactions are positive or negative, what are the lessons learned um, in our daily lives? What are we seeing? What are things that we feel that we need to change? Um, we look at the challenging moments and we look at the positive moments and we take those and we understand from the perspective of ourselves, perhaps our kids, our youth, our teenagers, and having those conversations, just one thing every week that we look at within our daily lives. Um, and we can take either inspiration from it, we can learn from it, we can be motivated, or maybe we may see that this is an area that we need to change. Even we look at what's happening in the world, and from that, you know, in the program, inshallah, I'd like to take one thing um, that we look at in any from any different kind of perspective um, and try and understand where you can actually learn from this and inshallah that's going to be a, a small slot of the program this year i haven't thought of a name yet for those of you who can think about uh, a little name for that small slot uh, you can also whatsapp on 0727861548 but for today's program inshallah like we said we're going to be talking on your horizons to sister nasira turkey who's a financial um, advisor who's a financial coach and we're going to be looking at some of the issues that we may have coming into the new year. You know, when we looked at uh, some of the things we should be doing end of last year, we may not have done it. We may not have had the financial savviness to start the year in a positive note. But there's always, and even if we have, there's always, you know, room for improvement, room for ideas. Because as we go along and as the years change, um, and as those, you know, school fees go up and children need extra murals and whatever it might be, you may not have kids also, but you may have your own sort of financial um, responsibilities that you need to meet. And so it's really important for each and every one of us to get off the year on a more positive note, inshallah. So those are, that's what we'll be talking about today with my guest, inshallah. We're going to take a bit of a break um, for some ads and to get my guest on and then we'll carry on with the program. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Radio Islam International. Me, Sister Faiza Munshi, on the New Horizons program on this Wednesday morning. Alhamdulillah. My guest online is Sister Nasira Taki. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah Faiza for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. So before we start the program, I always like to ask, you know, what is it that you do and what is it that you love doing um, that keeps you that keeps you happy, I guess, you know, and uh, in doing what you're doing? I think that also keeps me waking, wanting to wake up every morning, right? <laughs> like sure. you say, when you're you, you don't have to work a day in your life. <laughs> um, yes, so basically, 
I am a financial coach. I run a financial services as well. I have two different, uh, uh, you know, businesses. One is Azuri Capital, where the coaching arm comes in. That's where I'm very, very passionate. That's where my passion lies. Um, and the financial services is, is Legacy World Solutions. Uh, that's where we action the plan. You know, uh, once we've actually coached you and got you to where you need to be, you, you obviously need a plan and you need an action plan for it. And that's where the Legacy Financial Solutions comes in. I mean, today's program, talking about launching the year with financial savviness, really falls into that space of financial coaching. Um, but what is it about? And I think it's important for us to understand why this is an important part of our lives these days. You know, I think in days gone by, things were a lot simpler. Um, relationships were simpler. Uh, schooling was simpler. You know, it was all just quite, it was very practical, very sort of in the box kind of. Um, and here, as we go year by year, a lot gets things get a lot more complicated, from inflation to difficulties in the world to you know pricing, etc. But also to the point of how many things our children get involved in, how much of responsibilities either one or both parents have. It's a lot of that. Um, where do you feel that your you know your I know you say your passion is in coaching, but where do you feel you make that massive difference in terms of people's lives? I think for me, it's having the years of experience. So I've been in the industry for almost three decades. And I think over the years, exactly what you just mentioned is that our times have changed. You know, what we thought is important in our lives, our children don't think of it or the grandchildren don't think of it. So we've got different generations of different mm -hmm. thinking. And I think the millennial of today is about instant gratification. You know, they want things instantly. They want to be rewarded instantly. They want to make the choices instantly. And I think we, we as, as, as individuals, and I think I'm talking from the financial space, we also need to evolve. So I think I pride myself on the fact that, you know, our business model works for every single different generation. But in saying that, we also assist and apply certain that I have and the knowledge that I've had for over the years to be able to assist you in the different space that you are in your life. So whether you're a young student that's just come off university and starting your life, or you're a professional that has a practice, or you're a housewife, or you are a working woman or a working man that's in, you know, in any field that you're in, we can tailor-make a solution for you. So I think, you know, times are tough. Anything, anything to show you. If we thought 2020 and COVID was difficult, 2023 also proved to be a very, very difficult year for all of us. And I think savings and planning Absolutely. for the future and paying off your debt is important. So I think, you know, that falls into, it encompasses a lot of things that one has to think of when you think of your present and your future in terms of, you know, your life savings and where you want to head in your life. So it gets me quite nicely into the first question I want to ask you really for today, and that is in terms of trying to start this year on a financial savvy note, what steps can individuals take to start the new year, you know, a bit more organized financially, having their feet on the ground, so to speak? Everybody always goes down to the word budget. That never leaves our lips at all. You know, budgeting is very, very important. But there's also a few steps, a few tools can actually reevaluate. So I always tell my clients and I always tell people out there that, you know, when you look at the new year, everybody wants to have this new year resolution, you know, wanting to lose weight, wanting to be more healthier, wanting to plan, but nobody actually plans for their money. He looks at their financial situation and say, okay, so what was last year about? Where did I spend? How did I spend? What was my money habit? Me in the new year is to firstly evaluate where have you come from? has been your good habits and what has been your bad habits. Mm. Going into the new year, 
some of the things that I teach my clients or I teach people is review certain things. It would be insurance, your household insurance. You know, cars have a depreciating value. Have you really looked at your your, your, your short-term insurance to see, can I save some money? Is my car worth the thousand that it was last year? No. It's probably worth 250,000 grand. By you reevaluating your short-term insurance, you're saving yourself maybe 100, 200 grand, even up to 500 grand for that matter. That could go towards your budgeting with your medical aid. Is the medical aid working for me? You know, do I need to downgrade? I didn't use it. I'm a little bit healthier than where I expected. I could save some money there. You know, really look at all your financial obligations. So look at all your debit orders. Look at all your expenses. I think that for me, to first look at what was 2023, we look at 2024, and we look at how can we budget properly and save. And if you save, so even if you save in the land, then you sit down and put a plan together for you to say, okay, I've managed to save 500 grand. Some people save 1,000 grand. Your circumstances, I mean, we're speaking from a very holistic perspective. Audiences yes. are very different. Our listeners out there have different circumstances, different stages in their life. Some, someone could have lost a loved one and they don't have that income. You know, someone could have lost their job for that matter. Or you've got a promotion. Or you've managed to save and you've paid off a big debt like either your home or your car, or your kids have now graduated, you don't have to pay for school fees or university fees any longer. So there's different circumstances as to where you can save your money. But in terms of the fact that to uh, uh, an amount of money able to put aside, we now need to work on how do we action that as a plan. So, you know, I think for many of us, and, and this is so interesting that you say this, that you start of the year looking at last year. Uh, really sitting down with it. And I think it's, there, there are many people who do it, but there's also a bulk that don't do it. Um, when it comes to, you know, looking at sort of the demographics of those who really don't pay attention to budgeting or to these important little things, would you say it's a lot more of uh, perhaps the, uh, you know, the, the women or women who are not working or women who are stay-at-home moms who feel that that responsibility falls on the spouse? And if it's so, how do we change our mindset then? majority unfortunately is women because you know men have been always thought to be the breadwinner and they need to have everything in order uh, so you find very few men that don't have their money situation is not being taken care of yes they might be able to be in a position where they don't say no times as they, as they would like but I think as women we are we are a majority where we are a lot more guilty in terms of not saving correctly, not budgeting correctly, um, you know, mm. saying yes too many times, anything for our kids, and we feel, oh, you know, it's my child, I'll save for myself tomorrow, whether you're a housewife, whether you're a professional, so please don't be fooled that this only happens to professional people or that only happens to housewives. I think the numbers yes. are almost as even. Um, you know, it doesn't mean you're a stay-at-home mom that you are guilty of it. I have professional people that earn lots of money guilty of it, you know, and, and I think that the thinking behind it is that to have a personal commitment to savings, you need to have that conversation like myself, or you need to yourself, you know, sit down, pass, look at what you've done for 2023, I mean, because you've just started 2024, it's been your spending habits. How many times have you said yes to kids? You shouldn't have said, or how many times have you purchased things for yourself? As women, we're also guilty 
you know, oh, I was in a bad mood. I had a bad day. Oh, I, I just like spending, you know, when I'm when I'm either in a good mood yeah. or a bad mood. If I may bring and, this and in, then, I think... Sorry, Maneke, when we bring this in as women, uh, we also are guilty of that page with the specials or the, you know, um, suddenly we see we go shopping and we go for one thing and we come back with 15 as opposed to when you send a mail out to do shopping, grocery shopping, and they come with exactly what you need. So I think even there, you know, there's those, those, those little uh, nuances in terms of how women and men actually shop that also plays into the game a bit. I mean, making a list to a woman, you know what? Oh, yes, okay, I've got three items, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to come back with ten items. In. And I think that's where we going to just take a short break, sorry. All right, hey, no our problem. line is breaking a little bit. We're going to take a quick break. Um, the engineer is just going to, you know, fix the technicality and call you back. It's the rain or the weather, but I can hear you clearly. All right. Problem, yeah, but we no problem. Break on the line from your end. Uh, to our listeners, we're going to take a very short, quick break, and we'll be back in a few moments. Stay tuned. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to New Horizons on Radio Islam International with me, Sister Faiza Munji. My guest is Sister Nasira Turkey. We're talking about launching this financial year with financial, uh, l- launching this year with financial savviness. Assalamu alaikum once again, uh, Nasira. Wa alaikum salam. Okay. I'm hoping the line holds. I think it's these heavy rains that seem to be uh, probably impacting our lines a little bit. Um, Nasira, we were talking about sort of the, the little differences that we have as men and women when we go shopping, when we do certain things, when we make decisions, etc. cetera. Uh, but th- taking all of that into account as families, as individuals, as a collective, I guess it's important for, for many of us. Could you share some of the practical budgeting tips for managing our expensive in a good way, in an effective way, and in a way that, you know, that feels that feels positive for many of us? I think the first thing, uh, Faiza, would be accountability. You know, you need to have a really honest conversation with yourself, with your family, with your loved ones. Um, you know, we've got different types of households from single parenting to, um, you know, divorced parents to husband and wife in one home or even people that are looking after their elderly parents for that matter and they've got responsibility. So I think from budgeting budgeting perspective, you first need to sit down and find out, you know, what are your needs and what are your wants? So needs are not something that, you know, you can do away with. For example, like your home, car, groceries, food, expenses, school fees. Those are the things that need to get paid on a regular basis. So you need to make a list of what is my monthly regular expenses. And, you know, that budgeting tool has not changed over the years. It's been exactly the same. It's just the way you interpret it. Every single person thinks differently, spends money differently. So I think... Or for any household and any listener that, that's out there, you need to first understand what is your monthly expenses. And in terms of monthly expenses, those are the things that you need on a regular basis. So your regular income needs to pay that first. That's a commitment that you need to make. What are your wants? Your wants are, I would like to go out to eat on the weekend. I would like a cup of coffee every now and again. Um, I would like to buy my kids things that they necessarily don't need on a regular basis. And I think that's where a lot of households make the biggest mistakes, is that they don't know the difference between what is your need and what is your want. And unfortunately, children also can manipulate parents into believing that they want is a need, <laughs> right? And I think that's where a lot of times parents, you know, completely miss the entire opportunity of budgeting. And I, but I think if you actually sit down, oh, they need, you know, 
they need the want yeah rather isn't it yeah exactly. it's like it's an absolute necessity for them yeah and they'll convince you and you know if they're so believable unfortunately you know this is the generation that we live in um you know they make you believe I think it's an important conversation today in all of this Yeah yes. I think that's an important part of the conversation in terms of you know we can talk uh, I think we can talk until we blow in the face about sitting down as families and putting down these needs and wants and I'm making sure that you know everyone understands it but we're dealing with a generation and you mentioned it earlier and I'll bring it it now as we as we continue the conversation is that you brought you brought in the fact that we live in a generation of kids who have instant who want instant gratification mm-hmm. I think we've gone a level further now with children having their own phones would have yes. some sort of you know money in their own accounts or understanding from a very young age how to use your phone to buy stuff yes. online whether it's food whether it's something of you know a clothing uh, from from overseas or whether it's uh, you know anything that they want online anything that they want seems to be at their fingertips but they don't have the grasp that somebody actually has to actually earn this money it has to go into an account and then it can come through the system so in this conversation of you know budgeting etc how do we become very concrete with our children from a young age that you know this is this doesn't you know when we used to say everyone said money doesn't grow on trees but like how do you make it a concrete understanding for them that you know things have to be done work has to be done people ha- like your dad is to go out your mom whoever's working in the family has to put in the sweat and tears to be able to bring in the finances so it's not as easy as just swiping a card or swiping a phone you know mm. where are we sort of you know missing the the, the point there in terms of our children understanding that process really well i think it's more inclusivity you know if you actually brought your t- kids into the conversation if you took them to the bank and opened up a bank account and understand this you don't just open up a bank and money just appears into your bank account there's bank charges there's bank fees you know if i put in a thousand rand for you you only have 900 rand to your name you know the uh, expenses in terms of actually sitting down okay you know what let's each of us in the family understand what a budget is and each of us have a little sheet that understands you know what i've got to pay for school fees how much is school fees i don't think a child actually understands that and you can do simple budgeting i mean your child does not run your household but your child can understand yes. if i'm going to give you a monthly allowance what is that a monthly allowance mean to you it means that there's restrictions there's rules and regulations that go with it it doesn't mean that you have a phone and you've got my bank account details on uber eats you can tap in every month <laughs> <laughs> right there's yeah that. So I think as parents you need to have that honest conversation with your children including them into that budget allowing them to voice their opinions because look kids of today want to be heard as well they don't only want to be seen they want to be heard they want to be uh, added to that conversation and i think if you give them that opportunity you'd be surprised at the outcome that you know i deal with a lot of young parents that have young adult children and you won't believe it that when they when these kids uh you know earn pocket money or have part time jobs and they have a certain amount of money the first thing that they the parents tell them please you need to visit auntie nasira why because she's going to sit down with you and she's going to explain to you how you can invest this money so that you are not wasteful and once you have that conversation and you know these kids come and visit me you know in the early like 18 19 years old when they not even have their first proper job you're already setting the tone for them to understand what it is to save their own money and remember kids are very smart they would rather spend your money than spend their money you know i, I was going to bring that in now i said the best way to get our kids 
to actually not spend our money is to put that amount that we think we want to spend on them in an account for them. And suddenly, uh, when they, I, I had this experience a few days ago. Um, my daughter picked something up at a store and she thought she really wanted this. And I said, no problem. <laughs> I have your card with me. And suddenly she really didn't need it. So um, exactly. I have found that that level of you are responsible for what's in that account and when it's done, then, you know, I don't know what you're going to wait for next year or whatever it might be, but you're going to have to work for it. And suddenly yes. it does change the tone of what needs and wants are within that, that, that age group, within the children, within the family. Um, and I think it's important because, because many times um, when it comes to, they, if they don't understand it, I'm sure you'll, you see this a lot, is that they may just feel that the parents are being difficult. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who feel very guilty for telling their children no, but their children not understanding why they say no about certain things that they want. I'm, I'm going to give you an, another side to it as well, right? Because I get exposed to it and I see it all the time. I also have parents that have very bad childhood money habits. So you either come from a background where your parents didn't know better, and I'm not blaming any generation in there, um, where they didn't know better, and because they didn't have, so they said yes to you, right? Then you bring those that mentality into your family life. So you know what? My parents never said no to me, so I'm also not going to say no to my children. So you got that. That's one set of parents. Then you have the other set of parents where they didn't have anything. And they were, I mean, their parents couldn't afford to give them, you know, the, the luxuries that other kids had, and they were yearning for it. So what happens is that their children end up getting spoiled based on the fact that they as kids did not enjoy certain luxuries. And that's where you see a huge gap because that's where children have that instant gratification. Because I've asked my parents, they've never ever said no. And then all of a sudden, my dad's lost his job or my mom's lost his job or we can't afford two household incomes any longer. And now the parent has to say no. And the child does not know how to deal with that because the parent has always said yes. And I think that's also another about, problem uh, that we have in society. And what about a third scenario where you've got young people who perhaps have been brought up in, very, in wealthy households um, and now have good jobs but don't have not been taught financial savviness. What happens in those instances, um, you know, come a difficult situation? I think, you know, unfortunately you have again two scenarios in that third group. You would either have a youngster that is really looking, yearning for good advice, you know, and um, goes out and looks for someone like myself and gets coached. I get young people that tell me, listen, I earn so much of money. I don't pay for rent. I don't pay for this. I don't pay for that. I don't know what to do. I, you know, I've gone on expensive holidays and I've realized that I'm not saving for my future. So you've got one yeah. set of people, you know, that are like that. Then you've got the other set that actually is clueless. All they've done is just spend, spend, spend money. And sometimes, and hopefully, that, you know, through events and through social media, they come up with certain concepts that, hey, listen, people are saving money. You know, people are doing certain things from an empowerment perspective. You know, we have certain platforms that they get invited to. And I think that's when the penny drops, you know, to say, mm. oh, my God. You know, I've spent all of this money for all of these years. I've got nothing to show for it. So I've been in the working world. I come from a wealthy background. I've been in, in, in this field for five years, but I've got no money to show for it. And I think that does happen. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, unfortunately, it happens early on in life, and sometimes it happens too late in life, you know? So you've got different circumstances for different people at different stages. And I think 
and I think that's the reason why you and I are having this conversation is, you know, to let our youth know that there are opportunities for them. It's never too late. I always tell people, I tell my clients, I tell people that I meet all the time, it doesn't matter what age you are, it's never too late to start saving. It's never too late to have a plan. It's never too late to sit down, you know, with someone like myself and let's plan for your future. Let's plan for today. Let's plan for tomorrow. So I think, you know, you've got to also find the mindset of that person and you've got to find you know, circumstances that can lead you to a better lifestyle and better planning and better budgeting. But it's also opportunities and platforms like this, you know, that have parents listening to it, have people, youth listening to it and saying, hey, listen, is this person talking about me? You know, am I that person? You know, because it rings a bell. That There's so much of a familiar, uh, familiar uh, tones that we, we're having and the conversation around it is, this sounds like... I need to do this for me. And I think this is the reason why, you know, I, I say that I'm so passionate about what I do because it's not about just actioning the plan. It's about educating the person. And mm. for me, that's financial savviness. It's about educating you because once you're educated, once you've been coached, you won't make those mistakes again. It's very highly. There's very, very few people. I mean, the rate is like, a you know, a huge... Uh, 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 percentage that's far less than when they started out. I have people that walk out of my offices and they say, oh my God, I didn't know that I actually had the tools, but thank you for showing me. And do, do people, um, should people also understand that it doesn't matter where you are in the financial rung, um, where, how much you're earning, how much you, you know, spending, etc. But it's important, no matter where you are, basically, and how little you're earning or how much you're earning, this financial education is important for just about everybody. From, you know, the conversation we've had today, um, what's opened my eyes is the fact that it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter your age, but this kind of financial education, this kind of, you know, um, putting this pen to paper and making sure you understand exactly where you're at from a financial perspective and then moving forward into savings, etc., which we'll talk about quickly now, that it's important for everyone, right, Nasira? Everyone. I mean, I've got clients that are housewives, that are APAs, that are earning a very, very small basic salary, to all the way to being a doctor, to being an engineer, to being owning a company. So it doesn't matter. And to a student, I've got so many young students that are where parents have learned from their experience with me that have brought their kids on board and now the kids are learning. So personally, 100%, you are, you are never too old, you are never too young to learn. And I think, you know, the bottom line is using platforms like this to educate our young and our old because we all need help. That's the bottom, you know, that, that's the bottom line. You know, in terms of uh, financial planning and being financially savvy with your money, educating you about it, because people have fear about money. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you're a male or female. People have fear of money. And fear of money comes from different emotions, from different circumstances and different backgrounds. And different generations have different fears around that. And we touch on that. You know, money is a very emotional thing. Uh, people, you know, I, I don't look at money as, oh, let's just put a, you know, investment in place for you. And here you're going to give me a thousand rand a month and let's save your money. But you need to know why you're saving. What are your goals? Why do you want to do what you're doing? What is the reason behind it? And I think once you find that out, you find your what or your why, that makes your life why. easier. Mm. Your why. <laughs> your why. Start with why. Um, in terms of, you know, recommendations, we, we're going to come into the, we're in the new year. Um, as yes. a parent, myself, I know exactly we, all our minds are on stationery, school uniforms, school fees, 
and then everything else that comes with our lives and you know groceries etc but in this early stage of the new year what is how do we start thinking effectively about savings or investments or anything related to putting money away um you know even though we have all, all these responsibilities what is an effective way to do that i think the most effective way is to you know aside from a budget i think you need commitment and you need discipline because without commitment mm. and without discipline like every year you know you've got to pay school fees whether you're paying your school fees upfront annually and you're wanting that discount every year i mean the schools the universities everybody tells you pay before february and you get a 10% discount we all want that discount what do you do with that discount because you were planning on paying for example 45000 rands for school fees or for university or whatever it may be that you're spending and if you had the lump sum money and you got a discount and now you saved 5000 rands what are you doing with that 5000 rands and you've thought about point. that do you mm. know what i mean and 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 for example if your kids have now um passed a certain grade and the fees are a lot more less than you expected or for more and you budgeted far more so for example the school fees were supposed to be 5000 rand a month and actually the school fees came out to 4500 rand you budgeted 5000 rand a month what happens to the 500 rand so yeah i think everything Mm. And I think that's where the pen to paper becomes so important, right? Is because if you just sort of thumb sucking, okay, I've got this money at the beginning of the year, I'm paying it. You haven't put down um, where you can actually see that movement, where you can see the savings, where you can see this, you know, um, the process of being very productive and constructive about where your money is going. Absolutely, and it's also your money pattern. Because if you budgeted and you were good at budgeting just for the beginning of the year, why can't you do it for the balance of the eleven months of the year? Yeah, but then I mean we were talking so much about you know we're doing budgets and say people are doing budgets and they 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 saving and they've got this down. But what are some of the common mistakes they do when they're planning the financial year? Is it this aspect of we only plan for short periods or are there some significant mistakes we seem to be making in our finances for the year? I think one of the biggest mistakes is discipline. Um you know people want to spend on expensive holidays when they know they don't have the funds to do it. Uh or people go and buy expensive cars at the beginning of the year or end of the year and they realize that they've had an interest rate hike and now they can't afford it or they now they've got to now pinch money from elsewhere to be able to pay for this expensive purchase that they've had and people's lifestyles so unfortunately you know people want to live above their means. and not within the mm-hmm. means and that's a big difference if you're earning 20000 rand why do you need to live like you're spending 30000 rand that 10000 rand you actually don't have you're living off credit and that credit then adds on interest and that interest then piles up a huge debt for you at the end of the year or the next couple of years going forward so i think within living within your means is very important and budgeting you know whether you have a bond or whether you have an investment savings plan it's still about budgeting so it always boils down to your commitment to wanting to budget. And I think if you sit down with a pen and paper and be honest with yourself and I think that's also another problem that we have is that people don't know how to be honest with their spending habits. Uh, I'll give you just a simple example of a client of mine that used to buy a cup of cappuccino every single day. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. It cost 45 rand for a cup of cappuccino because it was at a branded place I'm not going to name names, right? And, and it was so good. Yeah. And probably right. So every day 45 rand Monday to Friday, four weeks in the year, added up to a lot of money. When I did the calculation, she realized that that one cup of cappuccino could have paid off an account, could have paid towards her child's swimming lessons, could have paid towards a debt, could have filled a tank of petrol for the month. Mm. 
I think I think some little tweet. things. You're right. It's the little things that we don't take note of, and that's mm. I think where I think when we talk about mistakes and we talk about discipline, it's that's where the the massive difference comes in. I mean, there was always that old saying, Pennywise. Um, um, yeah, it was. Uh, Pennywise it was after, your foolish. Penny, <laughs> after themselves. Yeah, um, and. We, we would think, you know, the older generation which is being, you know, a little nitpicky about it. But I do think there was a lot of wisdom um, in looking after the pennies. Um, and I think now, particularly as inflation just goes up and, you know, each month to month, I think for many of us, I, I spoke about this before the year ended because we thought it was important. And now we're speaking about it as the new year starts is that end of last year, I think as mothers, as, as women who are running the household, even we, we took a deep breath when we went shopping. And we're mm. still doing that because what's going on here, you know? Um, mm. So I think those little things start becoming very important for each and every one of us. I'll give you another example. Um, petrol price just went down almost by a rand. So now you're saving a rand on petrol and you also don't work full days. So you're not doing a normal Monday to Friday to work. You're doing two days a week or three times a week to work. What are you doing with that extra money that you're saving on petrol? Yeah. Are you spending it on cappuccinos or... Are you still spending it on cappuccinos? Are you spending it... So just I'll to finish that you're off, not uh, maybe that we go to... Sure. I think it, it's important, like you said, there's just so many, you know, areas that we can pay attention to. So let's look at just, for my final question, I want to look at how, as individuals, we can just set realistic goals, you know. Um, the one very important thing you mentioned earlier on was let's look within our means and not beyond our means. Um, but what are some of maybe one or two things that we can take with us for the, you know, for the year in setting really finance, uh, um, realistic financial goals and working towards achieving them in the long term? I think if you could save 100 rand without, with accountability, it's a simple number. You cannot tell me that you cannot save 100 rand. And if you can for an entire month, for every week, put 100 rand away for yourself. Right, and from a hundred rand you can lead to two hundred rand, and from two hundred rand you can get to five hundred rand. That five hundred rand can then go towards your first tax free investment from a monthly perspective. If you could stop buying takeaway once a week instead of four times a week, so out of the month you've got four weeks, and for one week that money that you would spend, take that money and save it. It's simple tweaks that you can make to your financial budget that would make a difference for the long term because you've got to start somewhere. So whether it's the 100 rand or whether it's the 50 rand, I know people that have even gone to the lens of saving 20 rand because that was within their means. So it's yes. a small little habit change. If you change your habit, one small little thing, um, like putting 100 rand away. I mean, I have a lot of housewives that would tell me, but you know, we don't have, we've got a small allowance on a month-to-month basis. So if you could, so if you saved 100 rand, and if you could do that successfully for a month, then the next month you could save 200 rand. And 200 rand then leads to 500 rand. Because us in the financial industry, we can only help you if you've got 500 rand per month and more. You know, because we are restricted to certain investments. And if you can do that, then that's your commitment to say, listen, I can then successfully put an investment plan in place for myself that runs off a monthly debit order and I'm being... Uh, not only just strict, but I'm being disciplined and committing to something for the long term. And that doesn't yeah. just go for a, a man, a woman, a child. It goes for your entire household. So whether a woman gets a monthly allowance, whether she's a housewife, whether you're a professional, uh, it doesn't matter who you are. If you've got a part-time job as a student, 
that goes for everybody. So if you can make that simple change, because it all happens with one small change. I think um, more than anything, what I've learned today um, from listening to your conversation, I'm hoping the listeners have as well, is that it all, it's a mindset shift. Um, it's not just about the money. It's really a mindset shift of what am I willing to do in order to make sure that I am, you know, setting myself up for a better financial. And you're right, money is very emotive. It's, it brings in a lot of emotion. But we've got to be able to have this positive relationship with the money, whether we've had it negative in the past or whether we've just not cared about it. But being able to move forward in a more positive, you know, direction and looking towards uh, what needs to be done in the future, as opposed to just spending all in sanity um, and then sitting back and saying, oh, I should have, you know. And every month, like you said, 100 grand a week, it, it adds up. One takeaway, one one week of takeaways. If we look at the costing these days, it's it's a bulk of money. So there's some small, you know, nuances, small little things we could do, I think, that will start making that mindset shift. So I think that's been, for me, the main lesson from what you've said today. So thank you, Jazakila, so much for that. Um, just no. to, uh, you know, to wrap up a quick, uh, you know, where people could perhaps get hold of you and also what you'd leave, what, what, what would you like to leave our listeners with? Okay, so uh, simple getting hold of me would be, um, I am on social media, so it's Nasira Turkey. Uh, there's no underscores or anything, it's just my name and my surname, N-A-S-W-E-R-A, Turkey, T-U-R-K-E-Y. My email address is naz, N-A-Z, at legacy, E-B, dot co dot za um my cell phone number is um zero eight two triple three one three four four you can always drop me a whatsapp and say listen i've heard you on radio storm i would like to connect with you and inshallah we take it from there i think for me if there's any nuggets that i can leave your listeners with for today is that firstly you need to believe that you can do it it is definitely a mindset money has emotions to it and once you set that goal for yourself that i'm going to be responsible and disciplined and committed for me because it has to start with you you cannot teach your children you cannot teach your loved ones if you don't have any discipline so and i think if you set the tone for yourself that i'm going to do this for myself and give yourself a year you know don't be hard on yourself don't say don't set unrealistic goals set a realistic goal for yourself and inshallah you know you get to that point where you can sit down with someone like myself and we can help you and coach you and put you you know to a better place in terms of your money habits because it's all about money habits it's not just about saving it's about getting and building good money habits not just for today but for tomorrow and for your future Jazakallah so much it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today on Radio Islam International and I'm hoping inshallah you have a good week further talking to us about you know being financially savvy just understanding where it is and there's some wonderful um, advice she's given and i think two things i will take from today's conversation is first live within your means um and the second one is make those small changes a bit of discipline will take us a long way all right and then like i mentioned in the beginning of the program um I want to have the small, you know, the small little uh, snippet in the program, inshallah, where we talk about some of the lessons learned either from ourselves or people around us. And the first one I want to talk about today is um, I had spoken to my kids um, about what are some of the lessons they have learned during this holiday period. And it was very difficult for them because our children don't have these conversations. They don't think about these, you know, or have these deep thoughts, so we may call it. Um, but I've just got a few minutes left of the program. I just wanted to uh, share this. 
So each of them had, I said to them, okay, you've played quite a bit of sport on the holiday. What is something that you would take off, you know, from that perspective? When you played sport, what was something either you did or, or people on the court or where you were playing? What is something that really got to you and what, what lesson did you take from it? Um, and the one lesson was um, that I dislike when people are not honest, you know, when they're playing sport. So uh, the lesson from that was, when I'm playing sport, I would make sure that I don't make bad calls and I behave in a certain way and I be- behave in a good way. And um, for me, this was quite significant because oftentimes when people play sport, they don't pay attention to these to little things, you know, um, simple things like line calls or something that, that that they're doing. But as kids, you can see that when they're playing a sport, it's important. The honesty is important. If someone on the other side is saying, you know what, things are... Um, you know, uh, the, the, the shot is out when it's in, etc. It starts actually playing in on our children's minds. So it's something that is important. So, but also in asking them the question, it makes them realize that, you know what, when I'm doing this in this arena, when I'm doing this in this space, I need to be honest. I need to be honest about the calls because um, somebody on the other side may not necessarily be able to see whether they, they, their shot is in or out, etc. Um, but it's important for me. Um, to be able to make sure that I'm honest on the court. And I think that was that was a, a good one. And the second lesson was, you know, that people come in, that when, when, when you're doing something, to be able to come in with an energy and a vitality to doing something. So, you know, oftentimes you'll, you'll go somewhere and you may go, you may go, you're not in the mood to do it. And we can even do it as individuals. And so it was a lesson of, you know, if people are there and they're energetic and they feel like, you know, we're in the in the social situation, or we're in a family gathering, or we out. You know, we're having a supper together. Bring that positive energy to the to the table, so to speak. Bring that on, it's positive energy to the field, or bring the positive energy to the court. I think when we ask these questions of ourselves and our children, there's a lot of lessons to be learned. I was quite surprised because I had to dig a little bit for them to even come up with these points. But it was important for us to see that there are certain things as children even you know, that they learn or they see. And when they don't say it out loud, what may what may later happen is that as opposed to saying, you know what, I don't like it when people are dishonest when they play sport, they may say, okay, if they're going to be dishonest, I'll be dishonest as well. So I think that's what we're trying to avoid is being able to understand when we learn these little lessons from, you know, daily life, from what we're seeing, what we're doing, what we're experiencing, what we're watching, or whatever the lessons are, is being able to take lessons for ourselves what is it that I would do in the situation so that I become a better person, a better Muslim, a better believer, and a better human being overall. So those were the two lessons, alhamdulillah, for this week. Um, and that brings us to the end of today's program. Inshallah, it's been a wonderful program. I thank you all for your time. Alhamdulillah, until next time, from me, Sister Faiza Munshi, it's wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.